Welcome to the Book Smarts Business Podcast. Conversations with business expert authors to learn about the author, their expertise, and to help you find your next read. And now, here's your host, best-selling author and CEO of Influence Network Media, Jody Brandsetter. Rachel, thank you so much for being a part of the BookSmarts Business Podcast. I'm excited to hear about your book, Bringing Up the Boss. Before that, can you tell us a little bit about you and your expertise? Great. And thanks so much for having me, Jody. I'm really excited to be here. So my primary role is I'm on the faculty at the Wharton School in the management department, where I teach undergrads, grad students, and executives uh, in all kind of areas management. And what I'm specifically passionate about and, and spend a lot of time thinking about writing about and what my book is about is how we can help first time and aspiring managers get the tools that they need quickly and help them implement those tools immediately into their day-to-day jobs and roles. As I'm sure many of the folks listening have had really bad managers in their lifetime, my 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 mission in life is to, to help people be better at managing and subsequently help the people that are being managed to have better work lives. Being a former manager, having managers in my past, it is definitely, I think, an area that we need some some expertise in because a lot of times we lack even getting the training or the preparation to become a manager. And then all of a sudden, boom, you're a manager and you have no clue what to do. Absolutely no clue. What I hope my book inspires is that you can build the skills of being a manager from the first day of your first job, and you can build the skills to be a great manager without ever having a direct report. And so the idea is that when you do become a manager and you do have an individual or a team underneath you, you've had some time building those skills and practicing to be a great manager. And before we like dive into the book a little bit more, I really would love to know why did you decide to become an author? Six years ago, um, I was the acting chief people officer of a healthcare startup. This was a quickly growing organization and kind of day two in joining, uh, I was having conversations with, with the team members. And I noticed that the managers in the organization had been those kind of early employees who joined the company when it was 10 people. And now we were 60 people and those people were promoted to manager because they had been around the longest and they had no idea what they were doing and they were suffering and their teams were really suffering in my role. I thought, okay, I need to kind of upskill these people really quickly. And so I went on kind of a to find book or resource that helped time-strapped and money-strapped organizations. Because we didn't have the the money at that point to send people off to a six-week management bootcamp. And so in looking, I couldn't find a resource that gave people a wide set of skills and kind of a practical application of these skills. So I started out writing a weekly email to my managers that said, hey, this week, work on this thing or work on this tip. And that email turned into a blog and then the blog turned into a book. It wasn't always a long-term dream of mine to be an author, but I excitedly became one when folks outside my organization were interested in the blog and interested in what I had to say. That's probably the smartest way to become an author is to already have all the content and then, you know, just be putting it together as a book. And it also kind of gives you that affirmation that people want it because people are asking for it, which I, I know a lot of times, you know, when you're an author, the imposter syndrome comes in, like, does someone really want to read my book? And you kind of took that away and, and got that information immediately saying, yes, we want your content. Go ahead and put it in a book. And I will agree. I do not see very many books out there 
talking about this. And that was one of the reasons I got so excited when I saw your book was finally, like, I would have loved to have this when I became a manager. Thank you. Yeah. And I think the, just to add, add to your point about starting with a blog or starting with a newsletter, I also learned what messages didn't resonate or what people didn't find particularly helpful. I had almost immediate feedback on my content before anything was ever published, formally published. uh, And it really helped me hone my voice and hone my, hone my message. That's great. Another wonderful reason to start with a blog or start with that newsletter and then build upon it. So let's talk a little bit more about your book. You know, what are maybe some key factors that you see that companies or new managers are lacking that are maybe the, let's work on these first to kind of have built that foundation. So put them into kind of two categories. The first is just the manager mindset, what it means when someone gains the responsibility in being a manager. And that's a number of different things. It's how do I manage myself? How do I start thinking of myself as, as a leader? You talked about imposter syndrome. How do I overcome that imposter syndrome? And you know, one of the big messages that I hope my book delivers is that you're always learning as a manager. And, and when you become a manager, you don't have all the answers. So just making sure that you feel comfortable saying, I don't know, telling your team members, being vulnerable with your team members, all of these kind of elements of what it means to be a manager and that it's okay you don't that you don't know or it's okay that you're still learning and it's okay you're trying to figure things out. So that's the first thing. The second thing that the book really tries to convey are kind of key foundational skills of management. And I would say some of the key ones that I think every manager needs to build immediately and needs to implement immediately are setting really clear expectations, giving constructive feedback effectively and doing it frequently and learning how to motivate, which means learning how each of your team members uniquely is motivated and figuring out how to structure work, how to communicate, how to build a team around those different motivation styles. So I would say it's really kind of these two components of how do I manage myself? How do I think about this leap to management? How am I vulnerable with my team? And then second, it's three essential skills of being a great manager. You talked about when you were kind of telling me a little bit about like the summary of the book, part of it was there's, there's tools or there's skills that you can learn when you're an individual contributor before you become a manager. What are some of those that someone who is thinking about the management career path would want to be preparing before they actually become a manager? So for example, giving effective constructive feedback is so critical in being a manager. And you can start building that immediately by giving your manager constructive feedback that's well-structured, by giving your peers feedback. You can start building the skill around having difficult conversations and leading into di- leading into difficult conversations. Things like that you can start building immediately so that when you become a manager, you've already had plenty of difficult conversations. You've practiced that. You've practiced giving feedback. You feel comfortable. Uh, So those are a couple examples of those skills you can build. Those are really good examples and just, you know, things that even if you never become a manager, are just good fundamental skills to build your career on. Totally. The first chapter of my book is setting expectations and making as a manager, making your implicit expectations explicit because often we aren't clear about what we want and what we need. And, you know, speaking of what resonated with my blog audience, this was really popular because people were saying, well, I don't set clear expectations with my spouse and I could do that. Or I don't set clear expectations with my friends or with my parents and being open, uh, articulating what we want and what we need is a skill we should all build, uh, regardless of if we're managing or not. 
I would say when I became a mom and I had to manage a child, I learned a lot of negotiation skills and a lot of overly communicating and, you know, probably wish I had those before I became a mom when I was just a manager. But, you know, it is, it's one of those things where you're managing so many different parts of your life. It's not just potentially employees. Exactly. And when you manage, it's all about relationships. It's managing relationships, managing the relationships with your direct reports, managing the rela- managing the relationships between direct reports as a team, managing the relationship you have with your own boss. So they're all kind of fundamentally around how do you manage relationships? When you started, obviously with the tips, your target audience was your leaders in your current company. And then you shifted obviously to the blog. When you decided to take that content and put it into a book, you know, who were you writing to? The book started as a love letter to first-time managers. This guide, uh, this handbook for first-time managers, it evolved to really anyone who wants to hone their management skills, whether it's you know an aspiring manager or someone who's been managing for 10 or 15 years. And what I hope this book also does is allows people who have been in the management seat for a while to revisit some of the assumptions or the tools that they've used or that they've never seen before um, in, in and helps get them familiar with some of these new tools. I would say the other audience is leaders, CEOs, you know, executive directors of nonprofits who want to build an organization with a strong management culture. And I mean a culture that prioritizes managers, helps uh, identify the skills needed to be a great manager, and helps support people in building those skills. So the book is also directed at leaders of organizations who want to build a strong management culture always the top down, right? Like if you can get the the C level to buy into the culture or the values or or what have you, it it really kind of helps everything kind of go down the path to the middle managers or to the individual contributors. So love that you also kind of wrote it to that C level, because I think that's so important to make sure they understand these tools need to be done. And I think a lot of times we forget that we didn't get training (laughs) as a manager and potentially when we get to a certain level. And and we forget some of those uncertain tasks that no one knows about until they have to do it. I see that your book was a, has been a bestseller, which congratulations on that. So I would love to know, like, obviously bestseller is a huge success for a book, but what are some other successes you've seen since you became an author? So I would say success is such an interesting word. And I would say what's been my What's, what's been my favorite part of having my book published has been connecting with a broader community and meeting more people through through my book. So it's just been, in, for me, success has, has been the, uh, the DM on Twitter or the LinkedIn message of someone saying, hey, someone recommended this book to me and it really helped and it really kind of changed how I think about management. That That's why I wrote the book in the first place. And, and so that's been the biggest, those, those are the things that give me the, the chills and the tears or, or when people reach out and say, hey, your book, your book made a difference for me and, and, and it really mattered to me. So that's, that's by far been the biggest success for me. I feel like that's like the key reason why every author traditionally writes a book is to be able to scale themselves so they can provide their knowledge, their service to more people. And yeah, I mean, I think it is, it's a huge success um, just to publish a book, let alone anything else past that. I mean, I, I think, you know, kudos to anyone who, who's willing to dive in and do it. 
And, you know, we get a lot of hopeful authors or soon to be authors who listen to the podcast. And I love to find out from already authors, like what, what are some tips or, you know, advice that you would give them? A couple of things, and I'm sure these might be, might be redundant, but one of the things I did was I found books that were close to my genre or I really liked, like I went to, there was an Amazon bookstore by my house and I, I went and I, I looked up the agents who had published those books. So I found kind of 15 to 20 books that like, I love this book. It, it kind of speaks to, to, to what I care about in the field that I'm in. And that's how I, that's how I started my list of agents that I wanted to reach out to. And so it was the first thing. I think the second thing was I found the process of pitching to an agent. It's a lot of rejection. And sometimes it's rejection that you don't agree with at all. You know, one, one agent who was lovely to respond, hated my title. And I was like, my title is my most favorite part of my book. And so uh, it's, you know, you have to build that thick skin and and persevere, which I'm sure everyone says, and kind of keep plugging along because it really just takes, especially for a first time author, it just takes one agent to take a chance on you and and then, you know, and, and, and go from there. So I think a big, you know, a big piece of advice would be kind of stay the course, take the rejection in stride uh, and, and keep plugging along. And if, you know, you believe that your content, if you believe that your content can add something to the world, then, and, and you, and you feel others, uh, others have validated that, then, then someone will, you know, will pick you up and, and help you to get there. Uh, so that was actually emailed a number of the agents who rejected me a couple of weeks ago to thank them them because so many agents didn't respond. And then there was a handful who did and gave really helpful feedback and thought and care. And because the process is so lonely and discouraging, even having that little tiny bit of encouragement from someone who also said no, kind of helped me get to the next day and helped me to to keep plugging along. So it it was finding some bright lights through the, through the process. And obviously you found someone who liked your title, right? And and wanted you to have the book that you were looking to do. So so again, it's I think a lot of people think of rejection in such a negative way when in fact it's like, no, it just wasn't your person. It wasn't your totally. agent. So yeah, that's awesome. And I think that's really good advice about, you know, checking out books you like, looking for the agent, and then building a list from there versus I think a lot of people have no clue how to build or where to find an agent if they want to go that route when they're writing their books. So that's really advice. Thanks. Yeah. And just to to add to that, and then it it can become really personal when you're pitching the agent. Hey, I loved, I love this book that you helped shepherd through. And and that's a a great opening. Yes, absolutely. You're building that relationship up front. (laughs) Like you're already saying, I've read someone you already, um, you know, worked with. I liked this book. I think you would like to work with me too. That's a great way. Just the same if you're pitching a podcast, speaking at an organization, being able to say, I've listened or I've been at one of your sessions. I really enjoyed it. Now I think I could provide, you know, some really good content to include into that podcast or to, you know, include into your next webinar or whatever it is. Exactly. Well, Rachel, it's been great talking to you and getting to hear more about your book and um, would love to have our audience be able to potentially purchase the book or, or get to know you even more. So how can they buy your book and what's the best place for them to connect with you? Yeah. So my, my, um, 
book is at, you know, is, is online at, at the, the big booksellers, uh, all the big names that we, that we know. And, and, and I would encourage you if you are looking to purchase the book to find an, an independent bookstore in your, in your town and order through them so that we can continue supporting um, small and local bookstores and connect with me on LinkedIn. And my website is rachelpacheco.com. And, and I write a newsletter that you can subscribe to. And yeah, I'd love to, I'd love to hear from this audience. Fantastic. Well, thank you so much again, Rachel, for spending the time with us and, and being a part of the Booksmarts Business Podcast. Thank you. I appreciate you having me here. Thanks for listening to the Booksmarts Business Podcast. Make sure you subscribe to the show and share this episode with a friend. In the meantime, join our business author community where you can connect with other business authors and learn about becoming an author at authors.influencenetworkmedia.com. Until next time.